Hi, I'm Joe Shelton. I'm a singer, songwriter, and music producer, as well as a software engineer, and most of all, a father with a daughter who recently moved to Scotland. And I'm Bailey, a magazine editor, graphic designer, and illustrator. This podcast is our weekly catch-up. We wanted to share it with you and let you be a part of our family rabble. Hello, Bailey. Hello, Dad. Long time no talk. Of course, I know. You know the people have been getting these in like week and a half in increments instead of the, like, you know, we slowed well, down we could, the process. We could widen it to two weeks. It's fine. They wouldn't <laughs> hey, notice. All five of them will still be there standing by us, and I really appreciate them. Thank you for listening in, five people. It's good to hear you hear your voice. We love every each and every one of you, probably because you're like related to our them. relatives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you get the inside scoop on us. Do you think so? This is this. I know this is a pretty early, heavy question to just start off the podcast today, but um, it's it spurred by a real life event, which is I I plugged my uh, newsletter on Facebook the other day, mm-hmm. and this morning I woke up to a notification that uh, Kathy McWilliams Shelton has has subscribed to my Substack. Cool. And I can't help but wonder if any of our five listeners out there are just here for the tea, you know? If they're I, hoping I that know. by family yeah, rabble, I mean, we're, we're well, about to it, talk it some I mean, it shit. is that, of course. Um, you know, a little I, I bit. It's cool but... that your Aunt Kathy subscribed. Um, no, I thought it was fun. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Especially because I sometimes, um, especially with the large like life decisions I've made in the past year, um, I I wonder if the information has trickled down to them somehow. I mean, probably, sort of. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it wasn't like I called Uncle Jr. when I when found out my visa was approved. So. I mean, true. Um. But uh, you know, I was a uh, in in the last couple of weeks here. You know, we we did go to uh, um, uh, Alex's wedding, which was you know, which is uh, uh, Jr. and Kathy's kid, and right. so um, it was a uh, it was a fun affair, and uh, they I'm sure they got caught up a little bit during that process. So, mm. so on the fact that you know, speaking of Alex's she is wedding, indeed living in Glasgow, <laughs> I am. Maybe I should talk to them um, more. I don't know. <laughs> was that a question they were like your daughter moved no, to Scotland? no they already knew that i, I they, they were they, they knew that in a while back so yeah so speaking of alex's wedding um the other day i was talking to mom and her co-worker is um a really good friend of the family on the way, alex's stop. end Con- congratulations to alex and ashley and yeah uh, they, congrats they, you guys if you're yeah. one of the five thank you for listening yeah, and uh exactly. i wish i were at the wedding they were amazing. Yeah. Um, and they were over by you and they didn't stop in. So they went to London and, and, and Paris and they didn't even you know, sort of let me know about that. If, so. if you happen to be friends with them on Facebook or Instagram, folks, there were some killer pictures. I mean, she posted like maybe three or 400 photos. That's um, a- it, that is and, an avid documentation of a vacation. It, it was, and it was that's awesome. showing she it cares. Was, <laughs> like, she was like, the, they were they were everywhere too. Like every mm-hmm. tourist destination in Paris was covered. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, hey man, I just felt like I've been on a photo tour of of uh, of Paris. I mean, there no. were great pictures of the Eiffel Tower and Notre Dame, and mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah. Notre Dame, by the way. You know, it's Notre Dame here. Um, well, it was their word first. I'm going to just put that up. They, they can have that word. I'm just saying that's how we pronounce it. Um, okay. <laughs> it's not that I'm mispronouncing it. It's that we just pronounce it differently. Let's go. Hey, uh, question. Do you say Palestine when you're talking about the country? Um, I don't really talk about the country, but if I did, I don't. Right. Know but but when you're discussing the, the tension between Israel and this country do you say palestine um i i probably wouldn't but i don't know mm. what i would say it, it would depend okay. on the day yeah okay we'll come back to that later that's why i always said when i lived there that it was new pal because i didn't know how to pronounce <laughs> the rest really the, should i call it new palestine or new palestine don't know not going to worry about it just going to call it new pal and forget um <laughs> but so... i don't live there anymore so I can, I guess, call it whatever I want, right? So that came up, uh, this is tangent on tangent on tangent, so I'm hoping it'll go quick and we can round back to the original, uh, like Inception, like the end of Inception, where they're hopping through all the different conversations to get uh, back know, to the original. I'm sure our conversation will get there. I hope you So, so uh, the, yesterday I was talking to somebody who was like, yeah, do you guys all say Palestine instead of Palestine? And I was like, what? <laughs> Where did you? And he was like, the train derailment in Palestine, Ohio. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a Midwest thing. Uh, Midwesterners don't pronounce things right. Like, And then I just like went through all of well, the French places in Indiana. I was like, no, Notre Dame, Terre Haute, Versailles. Um, like, Pulaski County. <laughs> Pulaski County. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, th this is actually funny because it's actually on another tangent and topic. So I announced since our last podcast that um, I'm producing and hosting this thing called the National Road Music Series. And the first show is going to have Megan Christine Martin as the uh, headline act. M Megan Christine Martin in the 1900, the, the killer band. Uh, mm -hmm. But anyway... Uh, tickets on a bit bright. Anyway, um, the uh, the thing is that Megan posted a thing because you know she plays ukulele, and they there was someone who asked her, uh, who who got like upset with her when she called it a ukulele and said it's ukulele lie or something like that. There's some way that they pronounce it. In ukulele, Hawaii. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like. Um, and so she asked the question, a, a poll question on, online, is it, which, which way would you pronounce it? You know? And, um, and I was like, I, I don't think it matters. It's like, uh, nothing to quibble over. Some people pronounce it one way and some people another. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it's a good conversation piece. Don't know that it matters. <laughs> mm -hmm. and I, th I think that's the way I feel about the Notre Dame and Notre Dame. I mean, I feel like. If you were in Paris saying Notre Dame for the cathedral, then I would be giving away that I'm an American. Yes. <laughs> no, that you, <laughs> I feel um, like you'd be telling them more than you're an American. I, I don't think but, they need to like. I, I I don't think it would take them long to guess that I'm not French. But oh, uh, I, I don't I don't know that anyone would assume otherwise, Dad. <laughs> they, they wouldn't give me a glance and go that that guy looks really French to me. You know um, how I know Scottish people and Americans look very similar is sometimes people will walk up to me and ask me directions, general questions about the area. And the second I open my mouth, they look startled. <laughs> well, Bailey, it, there's a reason that you look that way because you're like 60% English 
yeah. like 20% Scottish and like 10% Irish. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm white. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're, you look like you're from there because you are. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not, but um, no, but your I am family not. is so from the way, way back. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So the, the, the genetics have not shifted far enough for, but it's not like I wear a, well, today I'm wearing a smiley tape face t-shirt that says, thank you. Um, or have a nice day. It says, have a nice day, uh, with a big yellow smiley face. And then I wore a denim jacket over it earlier. And I feel like that's an outfit that says I'm from America. It's important but, to have the yellow smiley face though. Cause if you had the, um, red square smiley face with the, with the kind of wink, then you would be advertising for Bon Jovi's album. Oh had. yeah. I forgot about Bon Jovi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I just gave him a shout pulling, out by accident. Pulling this conversation all the way back, we didn't round back to the front, so I will. Um, so, round the outside. At Alex's wedding, I was on the phone with my mom the other day, and uh, her coworker is a family friend of. Yeah, and I met Alex's. her at Alex's wedding. Yeah. And so my mom was like, oh, I think you'd get along. Apparently, mom was like, oh, Sue just texted me, said Joe Noel or Joe Shelton's here. That's weird. And she, so there was a discussion about like, um, like about the family you, actually in the, in the lobby, well, there was a discussion about Randy. This was, oh, like, yeah. was pre-wedding <laughs> because yeah. Randy was just getting transported, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, but, yeah. uh, Randy was just getting transported at the time that the wedding was happening. Right. Yeah. Like AJ was on the way there. So he missed the wedding also. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it was like, yeah, they're, they're not here. Bailey, of course, is in Glasgow. I was talking to Michael, like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, for those who don't know, that's my nephew. That's also, uh, Alex's stepbrother. Um, so Michael, um, and I were talking about, you know, the, the, that why AJ wasn't going to come cause he was transporting Randy and she overheard us and said, I've heard all about the Randy saga. And I was like, who is this lady? <laughs> yeah. Mom's, mom's coworker, Sue. <laughs> I, like, I was like, is she following Bailey's Substack? Like <laughs> she is. Yeah. So, you know, and Sue is an avid, avid fan of my Substack. Um, yeah. she seems to be very nice. She is super duper polite and awesome and, yeah. and kind. She um is super involved with like best buddies um and all of that. Oh, cool. Um so literally I, I, I said to mom that what started this conversation was like, mom was telling me about, Oh, Sue saw your dad at Alex's wedding. And I was like, that's funny because I almost wanted to tell you like, Hey, mom and Joe, sorry, dad and Sarah are at this wedding. And I think Sarah and Sue would really get along because Sue is like sweeter than apple pie and very involved in like, um, the, like, developmental disability like community like support community so i was like that's like right up sarah's alley like she would love suit they would get along they would have a lot to talk about together <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and then i was like and then i thought about it and i was like sarah doesn't really interact with strangers like she doesn't do that of her own accord <laughs> like it's not a thing she like enjoys doing like you or i would she is definitely a lot more introverted than us 
yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> like True. i was like i don't think that sarah is necessarily going to walk up to a stranger and be like we have a mutual connection would you like to be friends like that's not secondarily Sarah's style. my ex-wife um so well <laughs> yeah also a little awkward not yes. not not on purpose just it is um, i mean yeah I don't, I was going to say, I don't think it's awkward, but then I was like, it's my mom. Never mind. Like, Oh, uh, your mom's but, awesome. She, you know, just because she's my ex-wife doesn't mean she isn't cool. Yeah, um, exactly. So, um, um, so yeah. And then I, I said that to mom and mom was like, you know, actually I said to Sue, like, oh, you and Sarah would really get along. Did you interact? And she was like, no. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, no. I was like, Sue's not necessarily that kind of person either. <laughs> like. <laughs> So she's also introverted. I see. Okay. Yeah. Oh, she didn't seem introverted to me though, because she's she, not super duper introverted. She's, she's but she is right like, in. I've heard all about Randy. You must yeah. be Bailey's dad. You know, she's like, yeah, like, six degrees. Yeah. I was like, yes, I'm Bailey's dad. My name's Joe. You know. Hello. Who are you? I, I, yes. I I work with Tammy. I was like, oh, okay. Nice to yeah. meet you. Yeah. So her her son Joey is like Alex's best friend forever. Oh, okay. Well, yeah that makes a lot of sense and mm -hmm. it, it, you know and i mean there would be pendleton connections hanging out there because that's where they live right so yeah um but um yeah so it, it was a it was a it was a good wedding it was uh i i loved their um their walk-up music it was from star trek like okay <laughs> they were like playing the star trek theme as they you know so it, it was all geeked out they had little um Star Wars and Star Trek vehicles everywhere on the tables and stuff. Okay. <laughs> like, so it was, uh, it, it was cool. And they had a TARDIS in the um, reception hall. Oh, that's fun. Like a full size TARDIS, like that you could walk in like and stuff. So was there stuff in the TARDIS or was it just for a photo op? I didn't go in, but it was definitely a photo op situation. Come on, dad. You didn't go in the TARDIS. It's mm -mm. bigger on the inside. I'm sure it is. Uh, that was the that was the concern. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have to want to go inside the TARDIS, like for you know, yeah. It, it's a commitment. Um, but we did do the photo booth, which wasn't in the TARDIS. Oddly, it was somewhere else. Um, so, well, they're probably from different companies. So, yeah, maybe I don't know. Um, it was really good. the The food was actually pretty good. Um, so. That was nice. They yeah. they had chicken. Um, I had the chicken. I, I, I others might have had something else. <laughs> so, I just came back from a wedding, as you know. Yeah, you were in Ireland for a wedding, right? Yes, I was in. Well, I was in Northern Ireland for a wedding. Ooh, um, yeah. And it was. And you were still in the UK. Yes. So I was, I was within. You know what? That's so. I forgot my passport at the house and i had to like go back for i like to ask the taxi to turn around at like four in the morning mm -hmm. um and he was like this is the first time anyone's forgotten their passport while i'm in the taxi and i was like i don't know how often you do airport runs because i feel like maybe i'm not it's not like so uncommon necessarily i was like it's <laughs> four in the morning <laughs> like, if you think of my brain's firing on all cylinders i don't know who you think i am like <laughs> So, but anyway, yeah, it turns out, I don't think they even looked at it. Like, I don't think they looked at my ID the entire time through the like airport check-in. I think they looked at it on my way back, but 
it was just to like confirm that my name was the same on both documents, I think. So, mm. yeah. So, well, which was weird because it was like probably the easiest flight I've had all month and I've had a lot of travel this month. So it was like, I left for the airport at like four in the morning on Thursday, flight left at 6.30. We were 10 minutes early for the, like, it was supposed to be a 45 minute flight. We got there in 30. Wow. And I was like, okay, it is now 7am in Belfast. <laughs> and I am at the airport. Like I have beaten most public transport to the punch here. Like the bus that I would need to get to the right train does not leave for another 30 minutes. <laughs> perfect though. Perfect. You don't have to yeah. be in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah. And I was not, I, I entirely was not, I went to like this small Hamlet, maybe 10 minutes down the road from, um, the Belfast international airport, because there's like, there's a municipal airport and then there's the international airport, which is like 20, 30 minutes outside of Belfast. And you take like a bus to get there. But the weird thing about that airport is it's between like two or three small towns. Uh, one of them is called Antrim. Another is like Telecurdy or something. That's probably wrong. But all of the bus routes through there are also used to transport the local kids to their various schools. So to and from. So when I was leaving the airport on Wednesday morning, it was like prime commuter time. So it was like three or four cars were pulling off on the side of the road to drop their children off at the bus stop. And it was like the public city bus, like the inner city bus that was taking them to school. And then like all of the kids were waiting at the stop and it was like, there were like three different types of school uniforms. So it was like, clearly all of them were around the same age, but there were like three different private schools in the area that they were all going to. So that was weird. And it was like, I don't know, like, I'm not going to ask these children like, Hey, could you explain your school setup for me? I'm confused. <laughs> um, you I could have. I mean, and they on, would have been like, be why is this American girl on the side of the road in our town? Like, weird. Um, but I mean, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're but, like, but where did why say, but, do you but then you would say, I'm going to a wedding. Yes. Yeah. And then I would make friends with a 14 year old, which is not something I necessarily need. So how was the um, wedding? It was great. It was gorgeous. Oh my gosh. It was so cool. Um, so we stayed at an Airbnb the night before and then the morning of the wedding, we like, luckily our Airbnb host was like super duper nice. It was like a traditional bed and breakfast in Ballymoney, um, Ireland, Northern Ireland. And the host was this older Irish couple um, Hillary and Alan and Alan was like, if you give me $10, I will just drive you there. And I was like, oh, is it a pain for you to drive us? And he goes, no, it's like 20 minutes up the road. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. And he was like, cool. And so he drove us that morning. 
he pointed out like all of the sites. He was giving us like the full tour guide treatment. In fact, was, at one point, it was like was there worth were the ten bucks. Yes, one hundred percent. Then you don't have to ask fourteen-year-olds on the side of the road. Well, and then here's the thing: the bride and groom and I all were staying in this one bed and breakfast, and so it was like we were all leaving from the same place. They got ready in the bed and breakfast and we took pictures at the bed and breakfast that morning. So our concern was that the bride in her full white dress was going to have to go on a train and then a bus to get to where they were exchanging vows on the Causeway coast. So he saved us from that. And then on top of that, he was like, Oh, this is a historic allegory. Like here is a, some factoids about the uh, br yellow briar growing in the fields. Oh, do you want to see the oldest distillery in Northern Ireland? Sure. And at one point we're passing this castle, which uh, was featured prominently in Game of Thrones. And he's like, do y'all want to pull over for a picture? And I was like, yes, yes, we would. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so he pulled off on the side of the road. It's like literally it's like one of those like coastal roads that forks and he pulled off in the middle of the fork and we all got out and I took a picture of like the couple in front of the castle. Um, and then we were like looking it up on the rest of the car ride. And Ethan was like, oh, that was Castle Greyjoy. Like, like they CGI'd it back together. Nice. <laughs> and that was, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Actually, I've been watching Game of Thrones for the first time. And so that was really, really cool. It was like seeing where they shot like specific parts of the series. Um, yeah. And then we did the elopement, which was gorgeous um, on the Giants Causeway, which is where all of those geometric stones are. It was really cool. N nifty. Yeah. And then we had a pint, um, took the train back to Belfast. They went on to Dublin. I got I, an I, early flight I, home. I love that you're like uh, assimilating to the culture a, a bit because you're like, we had a pint. It's not a beer. You had a pint. Yeah, that's, we did. Because that's you know why? Because it was here. in Belfast. In Belfast, it's having a pint, not having a beer. And, you know, point of order. He had an ale. I had a cider. So okay. neither of us had beer, really. I mean, yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> and she had a pint of fucking Coca-Cola. So I don't know. Well, that's not. We all a had a pint of something. Okay. It wasn't the same thing. I mean, she had a Coke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was a pint of Coke. Yeah, but no one would say that anywhere. It's a right. coat. But like the activity itself, okay? Right. The the groom from Noblesville looked at me and he said, Do you want to get a pint after this? And I said, Yeah. See, he was just trying to be part of the culture. Well, like and I, I would, you know, if I, I agree. there, I would be using all of the terminology. Like you would? I would even use Notre Dame. You you would be like, Oh, let's have a weed dram. That that'd be you. That'd be it. Yeah. You'd Bangers say it and just mash like, for me, baby. Weed dram. Yeah. Yeah. Do you all do y'all serve haggis here? Y'all serve haggis. I'd I'd come in talking like this just to and they believe really you. fuck with them. That's what had yeah. happened. They'd believe you one hundred percent. They would have no reason not to believe me, and I'd talk like this the whole time. Yeah, and they wouldn't even call the law on me. I don't know why they would call the law. <laughs> I don't know who was involving the law. <laughs> you know, nobody ever gets excited when they call the law. 
I fought the law and the law won, you know? Yeah. I mean, that that's a, that's a classic right there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, as I come back out of my deep Drawl. Southern roots, um, um so, so the, the, uh, I think I have never touched on this before with you, but I think one of my favorite parts about weddings is first of all, I love a wedding. I love attending a wedding. Um, I love believing in true love. I think that it's a great time for, ro for romantics, um, pretty much all across the board. I love a wedding. Um, I especially love a wedding when I'm photographing it because I feel like I am part of the inner circle for the bride and groom. You and are. I like, I like, like that aspect. You're totally <laughs> like, part of the inner circle when you're the photographer. <laughs> like I, I, as much as I love a wedding when I don't really have to interact with the bride and groom at all. And me and my friends are in the corner, just like drinking the open bar and eating the free food. Um, I also love a wedding when I spend all day, like talking to the bride and groom and making sure that they have a good time. So here's um, something that I should, you know, I shouldn't probably lay this kind of pressure on you, but okay. when you are the wedding photographer, um, prior to anything else, like any, any prior knowledge in my life of what a, a wedding photographer has to go through, mm -hmm. I was very, very critical of the wedding photos. I'm still kind of am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you okay. should be. Like, and so, uh, like, uh, as, as a, as a person who does video and photography work, um, mm -hmm. when I see some of the photos, I'm just like, why did you even like give that one to like, they, they post the, like every photo, right? It's like mm -hmm. some of them, you should go ahead and delete. Like they're, they're bad. Like they're just, I here's some, here's just the thing. Bad. There was nothing I good about that photo. Stop it. So many photos, but right. there are some where I'm like, yeah, they're like, they don't, this isn't their best side, but I'm going to leave it in, in case I have a different idea of beauty from them. You know, well, well, that's that's one thing. But like, you know, some of them, it's just quite obvious that like, it's yeah. like, what did you drop the damn camera during that shot? What what happened? Like, why yeah. is it? <laughs> oh, you were going for that out of focus effect. And I uh... you succeeded. Like, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> well, and I also I think it's funny when photographers hand over their fuck ups because I don't want them to know how many fuck ups I have. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't, I don't think they need to see behind the veil. Really. I think that whatever I, mean, I have to do to hand off good photos is what I have to do. Okay. I mean, and maybe I, that's I because I use Photoshop and have used it since I was like 10 years old. Um, but I mean, you can, um, you can make like a blooper reel of that, like a blooper photo pack and call it that. And then I would be like, cool. They know these are fucked up. Right. So I am, <laughs> I, so for example, I handed off the preview album for this elopement I photographed. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with the giants causeway. Um, it's a, it's like a, it's like a well known, it's like one of the like big natural tourist spots of Northern Ireland's Causeway Coast. Okay. Like literally in the show, Dairy Girls, they have this one throwaway line where they're like, oh, JFK is visiting Northern Ireland. Well, where is he? I don't know. Has anyone checked Giants Causeway? The American tourists love that fucking place. Okay. So we're there and they're having this precious moment um, between the giant cliff faces. And it's a really beautiful time. They are very secluded. There's no one within like 
like hearing distance of them exchanging their vows. I'm over in the far distance with a telephoto lens, just like taking creepy paparazzi style photos of them having their special moment. But in the background on the far coast, you can see upwards of 50 tourists in like bright like windbreakers climbing on the rocks so you need like a, you need a bokeh effect like that's really harsh right there no to like see, kind of blur the background out i opted for i like today went into lightroom and i just zoomed all the way in and one by one like healing tool effect like patched them out <laughs> like wow bailey you went, the you went full cgi on the tour i did i did i fixed it in post okay and i'm not saying you should expect a photographer to fix it in post um you to should agree anyway but, <laughs> but, but i did and i'm happy i did because it, it no, is cool. the extra mile and I, I, I say that I, I think this is why people should hire you as a wedding photographer. I agree. Uh, you should, especially if it's going to be an elopement in, in, you know, some awesome, cool <laughs> European country. Uh, <laughs> I love doing that. It's so cool. Um, I really especially loved afterwards. We were like going over the photos. I was like showing them on my camera, um, like the in-camera display so that they could get an idea of what they had. And uh, I loved sitting at the table and they were just both like, my mom keeps texting me, asking me for photos. <laughs> Doesn't she know that you have to like get home and put them on a computer? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, These yeah, are professional photos. These are not the ones popped out of your iPhone. Okay. I was like, like yeah, but they're probably pissed that there was nobody there with a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> right. Couldn't there have been someone there with an iPhone to just snap a couple <laughs> quickies so they could have some kind of picture? Doesn't yeah. have to be perfect on those, right? It was yeah. like, it, you it, know, it was. This is, I mean, it, it, not every photo on Instagram has to be perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just one of those things where I was like, I mean, I kind of think it's funny that you guys are like, no, our parents don't need to be involved today. Like, it's fine. They will like the photos later. And I was like, cool. Well, there's been this trend at weddings that the last couple I've been to where they're like, we have professional photographers here. Please put away your cell phones and don't snap pictures. And I'm like, snap away. Like, I, for, for me... Snap away. You are not going to compete with a professional photographer anyway. He's got like a can't. Well, most of the time there are professional ph photographers I have competed with with my iPhone just because I mean, come on, you could do better than that, brother. Anyway, <laughs> but most of the time you're not going to compete with the professional photographers and getting great shots of the bride and groom with your iPhone unless you just happen to be really good at composition right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Because the professional photographers are going to get really good, interesting angles. They're also going to be standing in the perfect spots because mm -hmm. they're authorized to be in the perfect spots. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that the only problem I really have with the idea of like somebody taking a photo with their phone it, at a wedding is that there is a lot of room for error where it's like, 
I want, I don't necessarily think that people shouldn't use their cell phones and take a photo of the bride and groom or whatever, but I think that there should be a certain amount of fear that you will get in trouble for taking a photo with your phone during the wedding. Like I don't want people to be bold enough to go out into the middle of the aisle during the ceremony so that they can get the shot. I want them to triple check that their flash is off and that their sound is off, you know, like well, I want yeah, it, to, want I want them asshole. to be slick about it. Okay. Yeah, you know, you don't want them to be assholes, is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Well, yes, but what I'm saying is like people can accidentally be assholes if they're not afraid of being an asshole. You know, you have to <laughs> instill the fear, and that's what a "don't take photos" sign means. It's like, hey, you should be afraid that you might be an asshole. Yeah, I mean, I usually just respect their wishes and don't take any pictures, and then they're stuck with waiting on the professional photographer to do their job. That's kind of my thought. It's like, you should make sure like, I think I would say something similar. But and then I'll, sometimes I've snapped a, a, a clandestine photo here and there. Mm -hmm. I also think it's like uh, during the reception, I would rather not. Well, during the reception, hire... most of them are fine with folks to take whatever photos. Yeah. Here's <laughs> the thing. I, uh, I personally, if it were my wedding and I know that I literally like get paid to do the opposite of this, but I think that I literally would not want a photographer to take pictures of people during the reception outside of the dance floor is popping. We are doing a reception event or something miraculous and weird is happening, right? Like if if it's the first dance, of course, you're taking photos of that at the reception. If it's, oh, Grandma Gravy is dancing. don't want random pictures with... of people eating is what you're saying. Well, no, I don't want random pictures of people talking to each other either. Uh, yeah. I think that's silly. I, I really do. And I think the only reason that people want that is because their guests are going to go through the entire wedding album looking for photos of themselves just to Probably. see right yeah here's my philosophy on that it's not your wedding stop doing that <laughs> stop <laughs> looking for yourself in photos right yeah no 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 yeah no, i'm no, sure no. bailey i'm gonna it's quit a doing photo that of, it's a photo on facebook of their wedding okay you were brought along as a plus one for their third cousin okay uh -huh. There's probably no more than one photo of you in that album okay well, don't expect okay. there to be a photo of you i don't we did family it. photos we did the bride and groom portrait like, session. So, for example, we did photos I, I of their at, like. I was at Alex talks. and Ashley's wedding, and I don't think I was formally in any of the shots, but I I, I ended up in like a couple of reception photos, I believe, mm -hmm. in the backgroundish because I don't dance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know, I was like, oh wow, I got in a photo. Cool. It wasn't, um, you know, but, oh my god, where am I? Um, did I you must, save the they, photo? Are you going to reshare no, that I photo? No, I didn't save that photo. <laughs> no, okay. So it shouldn't be expected of a photographer to take that photo. I'd literally no, tell my photos photographer. photos I saved are the, actually the ones I the ones I took are the ones that I saved where I like, you know, got a picture with Alex or, you know, you know, I'd rather have my selfie with Alex personally yeah. than, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. And it's like, uh, people will pull aside a photographer at the reception and be like, can you take a photo of me with the bride and groom? And I, I'm like, sure. absolutely. Hand me your phone. 
So you're not going to wait wait four weeks for this Pokemon portrait of you guys together. Like, just give yeah. me your cell phone. You're wrangling them because this is not in my contract. I mean, selfies are cool, man. Just do a selfie. Yeah. Just it's do actually a fun. selfie. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to do a then, selfie. Uh, there, it, 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 you know, there, there was a time when people were like, oh, you know, too cool to do selfies. And that I'm glad that mm -hmm. time has passed because it's just fun to grab your friend or your, your nephew or whoever mm -hmm. and go, hey, take a selfie with me. Let's just get a photo together. You know, my also philosophy is if you're me. having a big old reception, um, there's nothing wrong with the photo booth option. Like photo booth, cool. Photo yeah, they, cool they, upgrade, the, you know, you, you know? go up there and you hit the, uh, they have like an iPad and a, a machine and mm -hmm. you hit it and it, it'll email you a copy and it sends a copy to the bride and groom. It's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, that's a, that's a nice option. I like it. It would be nice if they used a, a newer iPad for that situation though. Cause it's always one, one that's like six generations behind. Yeah. Well, and the camera sucks on it, like compared yeah. to newer ones, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, it, it's a little bit like grainier, and it could be very nice on the new iPad. So, you know, uh, the photo booth people, invest in an iPad Pro, please. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, seriously, brother, and do not, under any circumstances, use an Android tablet for your photo booth because. They none of them have good cameras, not one of them. I mean, it might be an Android phone, but that's too small a screen, so you're going to use a tablet. Do not, under any circumstances, make the horrific mistake of using like an Amazon Fire tablet for your <laughs> photo booth <laughs> because the pictures will suck. Period. End of sentence. Yep. Um, Maybe so, I should do that. Maybe I should get a I've Amazon seen one of those. Fire tablet I to mean, start doing weddings with. That is not the purpose of that device. Just stop it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That okay, device Notre is for Dame. reading stuff and maybe playing a couple games on. And, uh, you know, if you have to, because you're, you're low on cash, use it for, you know, Zoom or something, right? But if you like are taking photos at the photo booth at the wedding, just go ahead and splurge on a high-end iPad Pro tablet. Well, especially so because these people I don't, have some good pictures. I, it's a whole, they rented the photo booth, okay? Right, and the photo booth people, come on, man. Like, <laughs> like work with me here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> if the picture's grainy as hell, you probably need a different camera doing it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, that was the wedding. I mean, I, uh, honestly, I think that my favorite part of the day was partially like the sun came out and the weather was perfect. And so every photo I was like, it's so beautiful. Uh, they were exchanging vows on the coast and the light came down and I was like, can't hear a word they're saying but i bet it's beautiful um and then i would say my <laughs> you second needed, you needed a shotgun mic day. for that bailey what's wrong with you um i don't do video babe i, I won't i mean you needed one anyway just i to, can like, just so you can i don't hear. want to so um and then the other part was uh we were sitting at drinks afterwards and the uh the groom looks at me and we're we're making some joke because he, I find out he has 62 followers on Instagram. He's got it like completely nice. locked down. He has 62 followers. He only fo follows back 48 of them. And uh I I have mad respect for that. And I was like, "Man, 62, huh?" And he goes, "Yeah, I, I like to keep a 
a close circle. He goes, I'm, I'm pretty much maxed out on new friends. I think you're probably the last. And I was well, like, I mean, anybody can you follow think him. I'm a friend. That's say, nice. I, we, we, anybody can follow him. He doesn't have to accept such things. Exactly. I mean, like, so like what's, what's his, uh, what's his request. Instagram handle? Let's add it. Our five people to the list. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm we'll not gonna put to his 67. Instagram handle on blast. That's not, we can get him up to 67 it's not really that much of a blast bailey he doesn't no i'm not gonna do it what if we become (laughs) famous one day absolutely not leave ethan alone i i I could go put ethan on my according to ethan we're friends now and i don't want to hurt my new friend's feelings by making his instagram handle public knowledge i'd like more instagram followers i i seem to like that, that that's probably my least followed platform so dad's instagram for anyone curious is uh at mr joe shelton yeah uh no periods no spaces yeah and mine's teeny porcini that's t double e n y p o r c i n i yeah yeah but we um you know um the the, the 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 it's weird like lately because you know i started promoting this music series right because it's a thing right. that we're doing with the moonshine of music podcast which is my other much more listened to podcast um oh the, rub it in <laughs> i know right um the um but and we haven't put out an episode in a while and it's still got more listeners than us every week <laughs> <laughs> um uh, anyway the um uh, it's been more than a year bailey and still you know, but um, they're, they're they're dying for season six, I guess. Um, anyway, I was uh posting things to different ones to promote the uh to promote the music series, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I keep hearing all these things. Oh, the shorts on YouTube or this and that and the other, and TikTok is the place to get all these views of nobody. You know, and I'm like, and I post to all these platforms, so I put you know the same videos on. TikTok, um, reels on Facebook, um, and reels on Instagram and YouTube shorts and Twitter. Okay. Okay. So it seems to me that Facebook by a mile is the most viewed platform. Um, Mm -hmm. it's not even a contest. Uh, then, uh, probably Instagram and then TikTok and then YouTube shorts. Okay. Yeah. Now I've been told that YouTube is trying to make people watch their shorts and they're really giving a lot of extra f- traffic to that. That's just not true. Facebook absolutely YouTube, kicks their ass for spreading stuff. <laughs> YouTube has very little control over what the, what their users click on. Um, honestly, like, like people have suggested I mean, YouTube shorts to me before and I'm like, that's not going to catch on. Like, that's not <laughs> why people go on YouTube. People go on YouTube to watch four hours. Like, there's a thing right. that I mean, like, I tried it because you know they say what? Why not try it? It isn't, but but you know you get like 150 or 200 views on there, and the same thing yeah. gets over a thousand on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and the like, thing with Facebook is also you already have a pre-established audience, and Mark Zuckerberg, like the things they are doing with the Facebook algorithm is specifically built so that people are scrolling through short videos forever and ever and ever. Like as much as they say, Oh, Instagram is trying to move to like compete with TikTok, That is not true. They're specifically gearing away from reels now. Like they were giving you just 
like silly well, amounts of views, I mean, but they've now like slowly are peeling it away again. The thing is, if you put it in there as a regular video, even though it'll it'll feed into the reels also, like, and then you get like double the views, mm -hmm. right? Like, <laughs> so I suggest not posting it straight up as a reel, but just post it as a video on your timeline and let mm -hmm. it do what it does, which is, oh, this thing's vertical. I'll just go ahead and stick it in reels also. Is that cool? Yeah, if you want. Yeah, um, go for uh, it. Do what you want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, whatever you want to do, I'll let you do it, right? Um, so the, the, the biggest thing for me is it's a pain to mess with vertical videos. Like, mm -hmm. like they're unnatural and shouldn't be done by anyone. And um, I hate doing them. So, and he's thought that at least for the last eight years, folks. At least for the last hundred years, no one watches video. No, critically. see, here's the thing. <laughs> I remember, I remember a decade ago, I was in high school, right, sophomore year mm -hmm. of high school. Went to J Day, told, came home, told you about a uh, video course, one day video workshop that we did specifically uh, over video, like making video content for like the internet. And I remember specifically saying to you, yeah, he was talking about how to frame shots for vertical videos. And you said, that's stupid. Nobody will ever do that ever. <laughs> it is a horrible idea and no, nothing's going to catch on. And I was like, I don't it know. Is. It kind of makes sense because people don't want to turn their phones to watch the video uh, and then like turn it back to continue to use the phone. And you said, no. And you said the argument you just said. And I remember and being it's like, still okay, completely true. The, the non-vertical ones do way better. <laughs> like if, if I take those and put them out there on Facebook with just regular uh, formatting, it, the, the view count is way higher. <laughs> I mean, people are way more interested in watching something that's longer. They don't, it, I, I understand if you're on TikTok and you're watching everything that's 15 seconds long, that it's convenient to not turn your phone over. So you just keep flipping through vertical videos, right? Yeah. That makes sense to me. But when you're on any other thing, and if you want to watch for more than 15 seconds, it stinks because it's a very limited view of the world that you get. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like mm -hmm. it, it's, it's not good for watching anything of any length, right? So um, it, it, that's why it sucks. So the only thing it's good for is really a bunch of little commercials, like which is what I would call anything that's less than 30 seconds is a commercial, you know, <laughs> whether it's I feel like a commercial actively advertises something, but go on. No, they're, they're actively advertising something on every single thing that's posted. There's hardly anything that's just, uh, you know, random on there. There's some sort of an agenda by behind everything that's in a short video. <laughs> I mean, I think that I mean, a lot of the internet, if they're, if it's just a normal person posting it, there's you, most of the things normal people post is just like, here's a silly joke. Like, I think that well, that's a what lot I mean. It's some kind of an advertisement just, for something. It's a, it's a meme. No, no, memes are not ads necessarily. Sometimes yeah, memes are, are just messages. memes. Yeah. Okay, so everything, including the again microphones we're speaking on, is a commercialization. Like, it, it's uh, I mean, the same yes. thing. Like, sure, yeah. 
when we but, put things out, we want somebody to do something with it. But there is a difference between an advertisement for Coca-Cola where I show the label as I sip, right? And <laughs> just somebody making a silly little joke and hoping that you'll be like, oh, this guy makes silly little jokes. I'll follow him for more silly little jokes. I didn't say it wasn't subtle. I'm just saying that's the whole thing. I'm not saying it's... A, no, no, no. I'm saying there's a difference between oh, I hope somebody likes my content and continues to want to watch my content versus content that, like there's a difference between content for content's sake and an advertisement using content. I guess so. So not not every short video is a commercial because not just all content like is, sure. <laughs> you know, it feels like every one of them is gonna, at the end, they're gonna pop up a Coca-Cola symbol, right? Well, I mean, yeah, but in fairness, yeah. I, we we can write an entire video essay. We can for eight hours long talking about the commodification of media and how uh, everything that's made and given to us, at least the American demographic online is like that that uh, joke in Wayne's World where everything is an advertisement. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's 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 true. Every that was from 1992 or something. I was so we literally, I literally, I swear to God, I don't know if you were like listening in on the conversation I was having yesterday, but I was at the Zine Library in and we fact, were having I, I a conversation about this. I had uh, you bu bugged and followed by a private investigator, so I could yeah. hear every bit of your conversation yesterday. Yeah. So one of uh, the employees of the Zine Library just got back from New York. I want to say he was in America for a little while. And he was like, I think what's really, really weird about America is like everything is an advertisement, like literally everything, like not even just like even your joke content. A lot of the times at the end is like, I got this dress on Sheen and that's really weird. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And he goes, and then like literally you don't have PSAs as much like even your PSAs are advertisements. And I was like, yes, correct. He was like why and i was like well because it's effective because america has a really really large marketing area that all follows the, like i was like there's so many eyeballs in america that like you only have to make one bit of marketing for that entire demographic of people like you don't have to go through a different country's regulation process or anything <laughs> so <laughs> so it's way easier to reach like a way larger demographic with all of the advertising dollars that you put into it and that means that the american economy is just a wheel spinning on its own at this point like it's insane i was like whereas you know other countries rely on other countries to live america doesn't necessarily have to do that so i mean Yes, we do because we we build all of our stuff somewhere else. Um <laughs> Yeah, but we do that to save money. Like, like we don't have to. We, we actually do. have to. We don't have enough people here to work to build all the things. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. Um we need a workforce. We have to farm it out to a place where there's a lot of people and not much money. Yeah. We, well, I was going to say we might have a workforce for it, but a lot of our jobs are like there's a certain amount of American human capital that's taken up by like jobs that don't actually do much. Well, they do things. They just do mental things instead of physical. Well, things. no, I wouldn't even say that. I think that there's a lot, a large portion of um, labor in the United States that's 
middle management where it's like, I have a job to, well, my job is to quote unquote, organize this, but really I'm just adding an extra step into the process. So it takes longer. It's not, you know, that would definitely be the negative view of it. The positive view of it is it also keeps things in within a certain set of parameters. Right. So I would say if if everybody was trains on the rails, that's all. If everybody even if they're bad at their job, it still keeps it within a certain set of rails. Sure. You know, right. So like, um, I understand the cons of middle managers, but there's also a lot of pros to them as well. I'm I'm not saying there are no pros to middle management. I'm just saying that like, like there is an awful lot of middle management. Okay. Sure. <laughs> like, like, in like, fact, what I would say is a lot of the time the middle managers are actually doing everything and the people at the top are taking a lot of credit for things they didn't do at all. Mm-hmm. Yes. I would agree with that. You know, um, so, yeah. you know, but, but what I'm saying is like, especially like, you know, a, a great, a great job, real world example of this, job. a great real world example of this Bailey is Twitter because okay. Elon Musk came in there. Like he was some sort of God, got rid of all of the middle managers and watched the place start to fall into pieces. And then he started to pick it back up because he was like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't have fired everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should have been really taking an assessment of who all was on staff and what they did before I drastically <laughs> laid off most of our staff. Yes. Right. And set myself into a, you know, six month frenzy of weird. Yes. You know? Well, um, I would, I, I would also say that like Elon Musk is an idiot. Like, <laughs> I mean, he just has a lot of money. Yeah. Have you seen glass onion? Not yet. Okay. When when you see Glass Onion come back to me and we can talk about Elon Musk again. Okay. <laughs> It'll be fun. I love talking about Elon. He was very good to me financially when he bought all of my shares of Twitter. It was very <laughs> nice of him. I forgot um, that you did that. Yeah. Um <laughs> so lo- love you, Elon. Um <laughs> if you want to buy all my shares of my other stocks for a thirty five percent markup, I'll appreciate that as well. Um <laughs> if you just want to give me some free money, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't have to answer to any stockholders because he bought all the stock and shut it and took it private. So <laughs> he can do whatever he wants at Twitter. Yep. Um, and he actually, is. actually, to be honest, one of the things that I think that he's done well at Twitter, I'm going to, cause he's done a lot of really crappy things. The one thing I think he's done well is Twitter blue. Like, um, forever there has needed to be a way for them to verify that people are real. Okay. Now he screwed it up at the beginning cause he forgot the part about, you need to make sure the people are real. You can't just take their money. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they, they fixed that. And so, and now, uh, Facebook is starting to do it as well, which is the reason they weren't verifying that people are real is cause it costs money to do so. Like yeah. it's not, it's not cheap cause you have to have actual people on staff and you have to figure out if they're real or not and all of that. Right. <laughs> um, and so figuring out that people are real and putting a check mark next to them cause they are who they say they are. Okay. That is perfectly fine. Just because in the fact it's been because they were just identifying famous people because it was really important to do that due to the fact that if you were someone who had a lot of followers and you aren't verified, then what happens is you're constantly battling people that are faking your account 
which I might be one of those people because they never verified me because I'm not all that famous. However, I did have a hundred thousand Facebook followers. So people started creating fake stuff of me and I have to like constantly report it and get them taken down. It's ridiculous. It's like, just verify me. And then I won't worry about whether there's fakes out there. Cause it won't be the one that says that I'm the real person. Right. Um, <laughs> so, and the same goes for Twitter. It's like, uh, you don't have to verify someone because they're quite unquote notable, but if they pay you 10 bucks, verify that they're a real person. Thanks. You know, mm-hmm. um, um, so that's, the, that's the way I see it. It needs a, you need to be able to tell if someone is who they say they are, <laughs> you know, while we're on the topic, um, I, I do want to talk about another feature on Twitter that I kind of like, which is, um, they have an, uh, they have a feature on there now where, uh, basically if somebody makes a claim, uh, different Twitter users can, uh, put a certain like cited source attached to that tweet that like either contradicts it or backs it up or whatever. It's like, Hey, other readers thought you might want to know this about this viral tweet before moving forward. And right. then you get to rate it on whether or not it was helpful. So if a whole bunch of people are like, yeah, that's not a very, like, that's not a really valid source for me. Um, wh- the reason I like this is because I have pretty much exclusively in the past week seen it on tweets that are pretty much false information, but they're written in the air of like, I know better than you, like, fact correction right like one was specifically it was like this girl on tiktok was talking about a recipe and she was complaining about like that recipe tiktok kept getting on her case for quote unquote not seasoning her food and she was like pulling out all of these uh like containers of seasoning from her cabinet she was like this is garlic powder this is red pepper flakes this is like um, Cajun seasoning with uh, like powdered onion, powdered garlic, powdered red pepper in it. Okay. What's the distinction here? What makes it me not seasoning my food when I cook with red peppers and garlic and onion and salt? Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, when you watch Food Network and most people are like, oh, it's really under seasoned. They mean you didn't salt it enough. That's what they mean. Okay. <laughs> 90% of the time, if someone's like, oh, this dish is under seasoned, they didn't salt it enough. Because when you salt it, it brings out all of the other shit you put in there. And she says this, and then some, someone quote, like post reposted it to Twitter, and then quote someone else quote tweeted it on Twitter talking about how like cooking with raw ingredients like is a like a classist white supremacist way to cook or some shit like that like um like their their claim was like that like (laughs) like cooking with raw ingredients um is a thing that like upper class people did because at a certain time in history spices were cheaper than raw ingredients and so that became like the more popular thing in the upper class and someone had like attached an NPR in-depth like documentary episode about like the history of cooking with raw ingredients as seasoning. And then they like basically the verification was talking about how in like the <laughs> the roots of using raw vegetables to season food traces back to like a certain era of French cooking 
uh, and then it was like, this era was not necessarily heavily, um, like divided by a race, but it was classist. And here's the NPR article if you want to read more about it. And I was like, this is like the time that I found someone quoting Joe Biden. And I went and I was like, fuck it. And I went down to like the deepest roots. And it was like, they took the last sentence of an interview with him that lasted 30 minutes and they took it completely out of context and then made it the headline of an article. (laughs) I was like, man, that was so satisfying. Thank you for taking this to the final degree. Thank you, Twitter, for adding this feature so that someone somewhere did that research and brought it to me and I didn't have to look for it at all. I think the concern about that, though, is that, like, you know, it it just leads to an information war, right? Yeah. Because propagandists will then attach a bunch of propaganda to things that are true. Well, and that's why they have it. They're real or not. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, ideally speaking, the other things that need to be in place there is like, you need to make sure that a bot can't be written to just like flood the um, user added fact check, right? Right. I think the only people that should should only be able to add user added fact check data if you're a member of Twitter Blue. Because you're a verified person. And and, and you're not a bot because you've verified. Sure, but you also have to keep, (laughs) sure, but you also have to keep bots from being able to vote on whether or not that information is verified. Right. So So it's like only Twitter Blue users can vote. Uh, like, At I, which I mean, point, it, only people on Twitter Blue get to decide whether or not the like people who pay for Twitter Blue get to decide whether or not information is valid. Which is people that have decided ever. to be verified is what I'm saying. Because okay. I I think the way to fix social media is to verify everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody has to be verified as an actual person. Accounts just can't be created in thin air that are you know robotic. That fixes I mean, the whole problem. And then also everybody's speaking with their own voice and not with a fake persona of their voice. (laughs) I mean, I think that what you're describing is not necessary. Like that is definitely like the opposite of like identity security, but. Well, I mean, this is why people don't walk out into the street and have political arguments with each other that often. <laughs> I I understand that the internet makes having political arguments easier online, but well, and arguments also, that are based with a bunch of nonsense because people aren't speaking with their own voice. <laughs> yeah, but also I think that being part of a dialogue online shouldn't be like policed by whether or not someone is willing to pay to play right like well i mean the the payment is not to play the payment is to verify that you're you now i do agree that like it's an ongoing payment because they are adding a bunch of other features as well as that like that's one of the features of twitter blue but the other features that i really like is the ability to edit my tweets the ability so (laughs) all kinds of things that you can do now with that (laughs) here's the reason for that so basically what you're describing just takes away a lot of like the internet's democratization because you have to pay for it so if you have to pay to really be able to use twitter functionally and right now that's ten dollars but if they're adding all these features or it's a monthly payment or whatever like it could add up if if they want to um you know take the verification piece and make it a one-time fee because they don't have to continually verify that you're real once they verify your account and that you're a person 
Mm-hmm. There's no added cost over time. That right, part but of there it, is if you have to do it for Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat. No, no. What I'm saying is that, like, you know, I think that the best way to do that is to charge a one-time fee for the verification, and then, okay. and then you can charge for the extra features. Like, if you know, if you want to have a base set of features that are free, and then there's an upcharge for editing and all the other cool things that they're adding <laughs> uh, on a monthly basis, great. Right, because that they're paying for you're paying for them to add features to the service, right? And that's the same as like when you buy, like uh, an app off of the App Store, and it gives you basic functionality to do some thing, but if you want to add all these pro templates to it, then you've got to pay five dollars or whatever to buy the app or. Yeah, you know. but what I'm saying is like there's a fine line between like a barrier and like. Uh, paying for a service, right? So like there, I'm sure you've experienced on the app store, you've downloaded was quote unquote, a free game. And then you get in there and you're like, oh, I have to pay in order to even make this app work. Like well, I mean, even like to Fortnite do the thing. Is a, like, Fortnite is free and you can play it all day long at the same level as everyone else. Now, if you want any of the cool skins or to make your guy look cool or whatever, all that stuff, then you have to pay. <laughs> I think it's maybe not the greatest example to use Fortnite when they have been like they're currently under a lawsuit for making like children like mistakenly buy a fuckload of things on their parents' credit cards. Well, like, that's that's the parents' fault. I I don't agree. It's with not the parents' fault because oh, of how it's structured. Mm-hmm. Like it's very easy to accidentally hit the purchase button. Like yes, that's but, why it's a valid lawsuit. Even adults have accidentally done it. But when it's a parents and a parent child relationship, like, okay, they have I, it. I, yeah. Like, Bailey, like you, you do understand you, that like inside the PlayStation, there can be different accounts for kids that don't allow purchases. Right? Yes. I understand <laughs> that. Like, so that's but what, what they're saying, but the lawsuit is not, Oh, I let my child have like access to my credit card on the PlayStation. The lawsuit is over. You guys have specifically designed this so that people can accidentally purchase something. Well, people being adults can accidentally purchase something. I agree. They should fix that. But yes, but, but but also you understand that the adults fault because they do give them the ability to set up kid accounts that don't let purchases happen. I'm not saying dad. Mm -hmm. I'm not, saying these parents are faultless what i'm saying is like the fact that this lawsuit is happening is entirely because enough parents were like hey my child accidentally purchased this i'd like to remove the feature and then also get a refund and they said no fuck you and they said okay we're gonna form a veritable pta to sue you for this because it's an accidental win but that's fine (laughs) they might but what i'm saying is like There are there are plenty of places on the internet where adding a payment model is kind of not great. So like adding well, that to social media is also kind of not great. Uh, you do understand that everything costs something, right? I understand that everything. And the Twitter costs already costs that, you. It's already you're already paying I, for it. I understand okay. that there is a non-monetary cost to the internet. I understand that There's because total monetary costs like Twitter isn't free. When you go onto Twitter, there's advertisements rolling in front of you all day long. Sure. So you're paying for it. You're just paying for it with your time instead of with actual cash out of your pocket. <laughs> I understand that nothing is free. I also know that there is a like there is a large portion of like 
people who would prefer the internet to not be a pay to be on it kind of thing. You but know, it is. Like, you have to pay for your service to be on the internet. It's not free. Yeah, because you pay for your Wi-Fi and your router and your phone and your yeah. data service. And what I'm saying is like they don't like there are plenty of people who don't want an additional charge. I don't want to pay ten dollars to use Twitter. If they charged me ten dollars to functionally be able to play on like use Twitter, I would delete my account. I would not be on it. Oh, same with Facebook, same with so, Instagram. Look, I don't like a I'm single not, social media enough to pay $10 for it. You aren't listening at all then. I I'm am not, listening. I'm not talking about that. It won't be. They won't be charging to be on it, but charging a fee That's what for you're you to suggesting. Be you're saying, oh, yeah. in order to be able to do most functions on Twitter, you should be verified. And if I'm going to be verified, that's $10. In order to, in order to, uh, I didn't say most functions. I said okay, in which, order to be you able said, to... In, in order, order to be able to, to post this. things where you say, I disagree with what it was posted and here's a, because I have proof of that, then you should okay. have to say that you're a real person to do that. <laughs> so in <laughs> order to, to say, hold on, in order to say an opinion with a link attached to it, in order for you be to verified. be able to post the anti of that, which is in I, order I, to disagree with somebody else's opinion. Well, no, you, you can post you can post whatever you want to disagree, but in order to be in that little box where it says, here's what other users thought of that, blah, 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 blah. Okay. <laughs> that is that That's is not, a different case. Right. Hear, hear me out, okay? I understand what you're saying now. I also think that paying to decide whether or not something is right or like incorrect or correct is not a good model. They should just have an employee doing that and if someone wants the verification like the money should for that verification service should not be like whether or not i get to fact check other people like people shouldn't pay to be right you know that's fucked up it doesn't make them right it just makes well, them actually putting <laughs> their name saying? on it okay like, so like no, 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 the, no, no. the problem is that right now we can post things anonymously that say all sorts of crazy propaganda and it doesn't even have our real name on it, <laughs> okay? And then somebody else with a computer can set up a bot that looks for all the things that say this thing that's fake and then backs it up with fake information and just buries it with that because there aren't real people verified on those things. Okay, okay? but your so like, assumption is that only is, When propagandists lie. right now, when propagandists like, let's say Ted Cruz, who is a senator, post crap on his Twitter, okay? He's a real person that has to back it up and people have to vote for him. So mm -hmm. even if he's lying in his tweets, at least we can know that that's the real person and not a, a robot and we can actually vote against that guy, right? Or or you know not just vote against him like on Twitter, but in real life, right? Okay. But when we have people that are able to just slam everything with like a bunch of absolute bullshit and try to look like their regular Johnny Joe. Okay. But Johnny Joe's not a real guy. He's a, a robot in Russia that's just running and posting crazy shit under whatever fake accounts they can create this week. <laughs> that's the problem. So mm -hmm. this is so in the weeds. I don't even know where to come back from this. I, I, I understand what you're saying. I understand bots are a problem. As it stands, the feature I'm talking about 
does not mention specific users. It has to reach a certain threshold before it attaches it to that tweet. So like the option to verify information comes after a tweet has a certain amount of traffic to it. So say something is getting like 10K retweets, then people are able to verify that information. And then the verification has to be like, community supported by a certain amount of people before it's attached to that tweet and it's not like given to a certain group of people or given to everyone so that a bot can spam it it's getting given to a random selection of people and then also twitter fact checkers so there's no name attached to who said originally oh this npr article specifically disagrees with what this tweet says but that information has been fact-checked and then there's a link to this is how we fact-checked this the same way that facebook had to fact-check certain political ads during uh, the last facebook election facebook still does i i, yeah. I have and no problem with I don't, the actual company doing their work and making sure that there is actual facts behind things that get posted right but what <laughs> i'm saying is that that functionality is slightly right. user supported and part of that is because Quite frankly, when Facebook was paying fact checkers, they packed, uh, they paid like certain contract workers, and those contract workers were politically affiliated. Well, everybody like they hired a yes, but they hired. Hold on, there is a difference between I have a political affiliation because I'm a person and I have a political opinion, and I am a company that specifically gets money from a lobby, like <laughs> well, like the gun lobby. I mean Okay, yeah. so they were hiring uh, like external companies and those external companies were funded by certain sides of like different political issue lobbyists. Well, and that's always going to be the case. Sure, <laughs> but that's not a good fact checking system. I know. That's why I suggested <laughs> like... that the people need to be speaking for themselves. Well, you just said <laughs> it sh it's always going to be the case. I what mean, do you mean? <laughs> There is no way to have a company both. that You don't get to have both of the opinions. I mean, I, I, I wasn't. I was saying that the best way is for everybody to be verified as real people because then they're speaking for themselves. Mm -hmm. Okay, so every fact checker has to be verified and then those people have to have a bio beside that that says, this is who I am and I've fact checked this information and this is why I'm... yes. Yes, so that is what a journalistic body would do. Yeah. But we don't like journalists anymore. I don't oh, know I if love journalists. I love real journalists that actually, you know, do it because they want the truth and not because they want to just forward, you know, an agenda. They, yeah. they, they their biases are all uh, gathered around truth. I think know. that most journalists journalists actually do want that, but they also want to make enough money to like survive. So yeah, so um, they have to take a stand on things in a weird way and get paid by lobbyists. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so back to the fun stuff that we usually talk about. I'm 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 completely off the rails, and I had cool stuff today. Okay. Okay. So. Well, you're the one who didn't like me mentioning Twitter verification. Oh, I liked Twitter for verification. I actually said I, I endorsed it. No, you did not. <laughs> I did. I think. <laughs> let me, let me put it this way: you did not ver you did not like the fact check feature at all okay I don't, I don't, nobody's I, gonna I, listen I, to that I, conversation and be like man he really likes how twitter fact checks things i don't i, I don't trust twitter elon musk to fact check things okay? i don't either that's why <laughs> it's peer reviewed <laughs> like <laughs> yeah I, I just don't um 
And that's the, why it uh, has the link to the source, and then you read the source. You know, yeah. literally pulls sometimes a full quote from Sometimes the sources are complete bullshit made up by bots in Russia. Right, um, but like when the source is NPR, you know, probably yeah, not made by a bot NPR in Russia. and not you know National Public Russia. Yeah, um, if it's then, not uh, np-r.com, yeah, I know how to use it. Fa- see a fake username? What? Am I five? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just saying, some people can't tell the difference. Like, um, yeah, and sometimes Granny reads her emails and thinks a Nigerian prince really does need her to wire him five thousand dollars. Yeah, she has but, not done that though. She wouldn't. But that's not you or I. So. <laughs> Well, I don't think she ever would, but she will tell us like this Nigerian prince thinks that I'm going to send him $5,000. Is he high? <laughs> no, granny. He's not real. He's a, he's a scam. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Nigerian prince lives that, that, that Nigerian prince has been very busy on the internet for like 35 years. Since um, the inception of the internet. Yeah. Yeah. So in the last couple of weeks, we haven't really gotten to chat very much. So, um, we, we did create, you know, you did create some really good artwork for the, for the national road, uh, music series. And, um, I got posters done. And so there's like, uh, at least one up right now, there's going to be a couple at the theater. They just arrived in the mail. Um, they look really good by the way, in, in real life, but you won't ever see one in real life. (laughs) I mean, I would hope that you would keep one after the show. Well, yeah, I probably will keep one after. Um, but um, the so that that's really cool, and doing that is going to be a lot of fun. And then I have um, well, uh, and we, take a we, nice photo of it once it's outside the doors at the Ricks. I would love to have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I in the I'm I I'm, I'm, I got a couple big ones made so they can go up in the glass case at the Ricks. You know, on the uh, on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know the glass cases at the Ricks. Yeah. Um, so, and then we started recording the new record. Um, yes. So there's been, uh, I think, we're about and three songs. And you sent me the, the new, York, new record. Well, you sent me the rough new record. Yeah. <laughs> you, you got demos. You didn't get the... I, I did get demos. Yeah. One of those demos, by the way, is just you singing it like four times in a row. That sounds right. I mean... Yeah. These are these are not for public consumption. No. So you listened to all four versions there. I did. Um, and was was enlightening. Anyone, yeah. Any one version better than the other? <laughs> they were all demos. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell the difference between my de- demos and final recordings. Oh, that's yes. shocking. I don't think it is. <laughs> is this the fake face of someone who's shocked? Well, Hold on, <laughs> I can do it. One second. Is <gasps> <Was> that? <laughs> Is this the face of someone who's beaten by jacks? Um, you just took me into uh, <laughs> Rounders, the movie. Um, <laughs> anyway, working on the record is um, for me making um, making all sorts of uh, creative sparks fly. So it's kind of fun. Um, it's been a while. A we haven't created one since 19. <laughs> oh, 2019. I was like, 19 yeah. what? Yeah, 2019. Like, yeah, it feels like the 19 something. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, um, so we've been working on that, and I, um, uh, gosh, there was so, there was so much stuff I wanted to chat about, and I got all, sidetracked entirely. 
You had notes. Uh, I don't what happened to your notes? I need better notes. Mm. Um, oh, I know what, uh, the, what we were, um, what I was thinking about. We did, um, um, we, we were doing the recordings and halfway through I got, uh, we, we did like one weekend and then I got bronchitis and so I was sick oh. and I, I know was... that's just a little gravel for the record. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we had to delay things a bit. Um, the, um, but I got sick and, um, while I was sick, I was watching various things and didn't watch a lot of Gilmore girls. I did watch a couple. Um, but, um, one of the things that I watched, um, I, I am not done with it yet, but it's, it's called Daisy Jones and the six. Oh, I've seen ads for that. Yeah. Um, and I haven't watched it, but, uh, well, I don't know if you will cause it's on Amazon prime. I won't. Um, look at that. <laughs> um, but it, it's a it, um, Jeff Bezos is one of our five. Hey, Jeff, um, send me half of your net worth or I will hate you for the rest of your life. Well, I mean, the show is really good. Like it, it's um, it starts off and the first couple of episodes are like backgrounding, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, I don't know where this is going or what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And then it gets into like, I think it's like the third or fourth one um, when um like the six is a band of people, I guess here's a little background. The six is a band with, you know, that's going on. And Daisy Jones is not part of the band. She's just another, uh, person trying to make it in music. Right. Okay. And, um, this producer puts them together and when he puts them together, whatever that episode is, <laughs> the show okay. goes from like a five with iffiness to like a 10 plus in like about 30 seconds. It's like, it, it becomes epic all in one episode, like <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> and um, uh, the the star of it that plays Daisy Jones is Riley Keough, who is the granddaughter of Elvis Presley. Oh, cool. And uh, so it's Lisa Marie's daughter. Okay. And um, she's like, the, the background on the show that's really cool to me is like the outside the show stuff. She's never sang professionally, like even though her dad and her mom, I mean, even though her granddad and her was an, a legend and her mom was also a, um, you know, put out several albums, right? She never right. did that. She just was uh, an actress and she directed movies and stuff. And um, so she wanted to do this part and lied that she could sing because she had never really tried before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so did the lead actor who plays the lead singer, uh, Billy of the band, the six, he also never sang before, but acted like it would be, yeah, I've done that, you know? And it turns out they're both really good singers. Okay. <laughs> 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 they, they went to like a little sing, you know, band boot camp or whatever. And they basically taught them timing and musicianship and all that, but they have great voices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, so they actually put out a record and you can like get it on Spotify and Apple music and stuff. Uh, oh, well that's, good. Then that's I don't the have to pay Jeff Bezos to enjoy this, to, to hear the music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but the storyline is really good. It's, uh, um, it's, it's really good to, to watch. And I, I suggest if you find a way to, to, to check it out. Um, but I still have, I think two episodes left. Uh, the, the finale of it just got like, they were putting them out one week at a time. So I was like rolling a few weeks behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the finale just came out like last week. So, um, 
So, but um, I love that show. So I, I give it a high, a high, a heavy thumbs up. Speaking of, um, I feel like I told you about this. The guy who plays um, Nate, Nate the Great, in oh, Ted Lasso, Nate. he's performing literally ten minutes down the road in Glasgow tonight at eight. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, he has a he has a stand up comedy set where he uh, uh, wears roller skates going, going the entire time. <laughs> I honestly, I just want to find him out in the street and be like, "Oh my god, are you the Wonder Kid?" <laughs> like, I, I feel like uh, if it were me and I had that role, I would just start every conversation with, "I promise, I'm not actually an asshole." <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> just like hey i understand that my did face makes you want to punch on stage? me huh <laughs> did you spit before you went on stage tonight i need to know slap himself <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you know i uh love ted lasso um epic okay so yes i anyway i wanted to tell you about that show because i i know you would love the show like yeah it sounds cool it um, sounds like um what's that like other show about like touring people that we watched it had like machine gun kelly and ron white oh in it. Uh, roadies, roadies. Yeah, yeah that was awesome but uh, roadies was great well l l l let me let me tell you about one little scene in this that like it just cracks me up they're uh, when when they first put them together they first put uh, daisy jones and the band together it's in a recording studio and they have like a little fight, like because Billy doesn't like the idea, right, of, right. of her being there. And he goes off and um, he, he he like calls a break or whatever, and they march off, and the, and him and the producer are like fighting with each other, and and in, in, in like a broom closet or something. He's like, "Why are we in the broom closet, Billy?" And he's like, "Because I thought it was a real room." What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> Like, the, because I thought like, it was a real room. <laughs> yeah. And I just started dying laughing. I was like, <laughs> first he's marching him into the broom closet. And he, as he goes in, actually, he goes in and it's dark in there. And, and the producer starts to stay. He's like, come in here. And he's like, can I turn on the light? <laughs> you know, like, and, then, and then he says, why are we in the closet, Billy? <laughs> <laughs> like, because I thought it was a room, you know, they just kicks into this thing. I just mm. lost it. I was like, that is fucking great. And then, um, and he's still kind of pissed off and they walk back into the studio area and Daisy walks in and she's in the actual studio. They're in like the control room. She's in there mm -hmm. at the microphone and she puts her headphones on and she says, are we going to record some stuff or are you guys going to fight some more? Cause I'm good either way. <laughs> 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 are we going to record some stuff or are you guys going to fight some more? You know, I'm like, that's I'm good either way. E either way. I'm cool. <laughs> Just kind of need to know what the vibe is before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, the, the, and I mean, those are just like two of the, like, it, it's just like the whole episode there is just pithy. Right. It's mm -hmm. like, and, um, and so it's really good. Um, uh, anyway, um, then I, um, uh, so we, we got back to, um, 
putting the show together right for the national road music series and megan had her 30th birthday so she invited us to come to a party mm-hmm. and um so we went to the uh we went to the we went to the party and uh there was this dude there named well there were a whole bunch of people from brown county like ukulele players it was like a ukulele convention almost in the in the house and okay. um they there was this guy there and, and i'd never met him before and his name was yelp okay okay so and you've heard chris wolf right like you know chris wolf's songs mm-hmm. where they're just they're they're funny and they're a little off color yelps mm-hmm. are like a whole different level of off color <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like <laughs> um <laughs> songs about how fun it is to touch his penis and <laughs> like <laughs> I mean like <laughs> everything he sings it, it just goes <laughs> really like off color but funny as hell place. Mm-hmm. Um and uh so I I I wanted to I was like uh, I, I wanted to drag you into the party because you would have totally like <laughs> you would have been begging Yelp to continue playing songs like. So everybody. I've been I've been watching Game of Thrones for the first time. Right. Yeah. And um, spoilers for Game of Thrones. If it, no, someone out there like me was like, this is a lot and it's being talked about all the time and I'm going to just take a minute. Uh, and let this ride out and then it just never rode out and here we are years and years later having never seen it um so in season three maybe it's the top of season four uh theo uh, theon Greyjoy or whatever the fuck he uh gets turned into a eunuch right you remember this Mm -hmm. and uh the guy who did it is sitting there like sharpening a knife no eating a meal i think he's eating like some like steak pie or something no it's Mm -hmm. a sausage it's a sausage with fucking ketchup on it right and he's asking he's like i've always wondered like do you have a phantom limb moment down there when you see a pretty lady and he like starts laughing kind of and i'm like yeah really cruel to say that to a person who you've like maimed but also it's a valid question (laughs) (laughs) so i was like i was just like on the street today drinking a coffee and it just occurred to me and i was like well that's a good question and i have some follow-up questions like how do you pee well like i feel like maybe it wasn't well done usually eunuchs they they don't chop off the penis they chop off the test well you see with theon he did. They, I know. <laughs> he did. I know. He takes it all down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like maybe sometimes it happens. So the the thing about Game of Thrones is they are not afraid of any topic, and and they will take it to the um, most cruel and dark degree, whereas most other uh, television programs or movies stop short. And don't go all the way there. That's um. So, <laughs> so, so with the like with the cousin, like the brother and sister who like are fucking right. Mm-hmm. Where she's like, Lannister siblings have been married for three hundred years. I'm like, Cersei, that excuses you as a person who is currently having sex with his brother in medieval times, but it does not excuse Jay <laughs> or Mister Martin over here 
for J.R.R. Martin. No, that's Tolkien. What's his fucking initials? George. George, George Martin for yeah. uh for creating this world in which y'all are fucking. Okay. <laughs> he he sat there and he was like, I'm gonna make a family who's fucked each other for 300 years to keep the bloodline pure. And then when anyone questions it, she's gonna be like, Well, that's my culture, even though I made up their culture. I think he's making a point though. Sure. <laughs> Um, that people can justify just about anything if they want to. Well, I think that that's I given mean, him a little credit. I think he wanted uh, some people to fuck each other. I think that's what um, he wanted. I mean, you know, I, I honestly, I think that the brilliance of Game of Thrones is how, like, politically real it is. Sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, the um, there's a lot of fantasy bullshit that, like, I mean, come on. We've got Icemen and stuff, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> You know, but. well, so like uh, one thing that I find kind of interesting is like um, the metric for pretty much everybody's uh, mercy slash cruelty is very much focused on their own gain. Right. Like I just got through. Mm. First of yes. all, um, I was, I've was i been watching it with Jimmy <laughs> and Jimmy was sitting right there when I watched the Red Wedding for the first time. And I didn't uh -huh. know it was happening until it was happening. <laughs> so you didn't know about the Red Wedding? I, I knew that the Red Wedding was a thing. And spoiler-wise, if you had asked me, like, hey, what happens at the Red Wedding? I probably would have been like, oh, don't, like, all the Starks die. But I wasn't... I didn't know where, when it happened, first of all. And I also wasn't really sure of the, like, plot implications of that. I just knew at some point everyone a lot of fucking dies. people no, I mean, die. Everyone, that you're, <laughs> like, everyone you were following as a leader of the plot, pretty yeah. much toast. I yes. disagree because uh, my favorite characters are the only Starks that have survived. So, well, I know, but like, like, I what, really what, like what I'm saying Arya is, Stark. like, I, it was yeah. it was really focused on on those characters as the well, ones that you were like they they were the they were the the protagonists. Like, well, and just I mean, about every protagonist to that point in the story died and left like the minor protagonists to become the lead protagonists <laughs> i honestly i i think that like i was not necessarily invested in rob stark's plot line because i thought it was pretty much already written out like i i i definitely was of the thought like oh good now now we'll get to the point where it's like, oh, all he needs is Gray or Frey, whatever the fuck, it's like Lord Frey to join the fold. They'll take this castle. The fucking war will be over. Like, it'll be over and they'll have Arya back. And then they'll finally go back to Winterfell and find their two children. Like, like it was like very clearly, oh, this is just what happens. Uh, and then it did not happen that way. And And honestly, I feel like, <laughs> all of the like various chess pieces leading up to it in retrospect, I'm like, Oh, you told me all of those details so that I would understand why the fuck they would walk right into that obvious trap. <laughs> like, like I'm, I even thought about it afterwards where I was like, Oh, Lord Bolton like is here and talking about being one of Rob's bannermen, but he literally just freed Jamie Lannister and then talked about like wanting allegiances from the Lannisters. Like if he really wanted allegiances from the Lannisters, he wouldn't be joining up on Rob's side like at all. He'd just not be 
putting his army in for that like at all well i mean the thing about it that's kind of um you know as you as you're following around the chess pieces there at the different points as you get through this whole thing you're going to find yourself rooting for people that were not the pro that were the villains and well i mean i already like the- jamie lannister more than i like like i fucking hate joffrey and i don't think i could like joffrey <laughs> after he after he murdered Roz with a, that crossbow for for like pleasure like i think that we're pretty much sold that joffrey's a son of a bitch right like yeah i don't feel like that's gonna change i, I, don't, I don't think know where he's you're at in the story though so i don't want to fuck it up for you <laughs> i don't I, oh. I see here's the thing if they try and make me like joffrey i'm gonna be like no uh, i mean it's too far i like, love that I you're halfway know. through this because like you know um that it's it's <laughs> so at this point in the story here's the thing when when I think back on Game of Thrones to the end of where it is, like uh, what to the end of the road, Rob Stark is a total footnote, and he does not fucking matter <laughs> yeah. in any way, shape, or form. That's now, crazy. Okay, that is what's crazy about it. Okay, because they spent three seasons on him. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And like I said, they just took Rob Stark his entire storyline and all of the protagonists around it that were like the lead parts of the story and killed mm-hmm. them <laughs> and like and, and and the thing for me because i watched it as it was going on right and i had never read the books so i didn't know and i was like oh my god like why i don't even know that i want to watch the show from here there's nobody left like the lannisters just basically won <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> well okay so i think that first of all i think that my perspective is that I knew going in that Arya and Sansa continue, right? Like, like I know that Arya and Sansa go on because Sansa is married to Joe Jonas now, okay? I know that for a fact. Without watching the show, I know that they're pretty much endgame. Because if they weren't endgame, they wouldn't still be, like on all the television programs she wouldn't be married to joe jonas if she was not making it past season four okay that's it, it, it she had to okay. go all the way through the series to she to had to go joe all jonas the no 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 no. <laughs> i'm not him. saying that i'm saying that in order to have the like pop culture relevance to still be talking to celebrity matchmakers when the jonas brothers came back okay okay Here's my Game of Thrones moment, okay? The Jonas Brothers stopped being relevant when I reached the end of middle school, okay? And for all of high school, they were like nostalgia pieces. Joe Jonas was the only one who was doing anything, and it was DNCE. So by the time he like had his run with DNCE, that was like sophomore year of college for me, okay? If Sophie Turner left Game of Thrones in season four, timeline-wise, her and Joe Jonas would be passing ships in the night because Sophie Turner's peak of fame would have happened around the time Joe Jonas was at DNCE, uh, which was his silly little band that got a minor following, maybe as big as like Neon Trees, uh, before the Jonas Brothers reunited. So that other bit 
where Sophie Turner was then in the rest of Game of Thrones was the time that Joe Jonas and his brothers reunited as a band, became popular again, and then were at the same level of fame for whatever celebrity matchmaker said, well, you know, Joe Jonas is single so that they would start dating and then eventually get married and then become a celebrity power couple for four seconds before both disappeared into obscurity of not being that socially relevant for this season anymore. That's my conspiracy theory. I really if, love if listening. Sansa Stark sorry, died I, I, in season four, Sophie Turner would not be married to Joe Jonas. I'm just like, I'm sitting here in awe of your ability to take Joe, the Jonas brothers and interweave yeah. them into the game of Thrones in any way, shape or form. But I love it. It's great. He's literally married to Sophie Turner. It's not that hard. It is. But it's so, okay. So what I'm saying here <laughs> is that I think for me, Rob Stark, like, is not necessarily like, uh, because I have heard the names Arya, Sansa, Jon Snow, Daenerys. Like, I know those people last for a long, long time because they stayed relevant for longer. Yeah, okay? because you got, because you, so, uh, you're watching it in completely in hindsight. So you know that the pop culture. Like Jon Snow is obviously like Jon Snow is in there with Rob Stark and he gets uh, like basically exiled and no one talks to him and he's dog well, shit. <laughs> I was going to say, like, uh, the thing is, we're following along Jon Snow's story right now and his arc is taking way longer than Rob Stark's took. OK, mm -hmm. Rob Stark was an OG the second his dad died. <laughs> so uh, he was so, also not ready to be a leader. And, yeah. and 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 He's that not. is the that is the like the 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 thing that's real about it that I love like if we take it out of this like world and just like the di the the personal dynamics of politics and how they happen you know um it's like we we had a father who was a big leader and didn't give his son enough information to be able to be an, a leader after him Right. And this yeah. happens a few different times in the story, right? Where uh, somebody is actually devoid of information because they weren't like, they weren't even trusted by their own family to know the information. Right. Well, so like, <laughs> and, in fairness to Ned Stark, he did not like, for he didn't really want to leave Winterfell. He also, like, I think that if Ned Stark were there to like give Rob advice, I think that Ned Stark would be giving advice that is completely different from all of the Bannermen and his wife. Mm -hmm. I think that he'd be like, yeah, you need to stop listening to all of those people. But right Ned now. Stark also <laughs> like the, 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 the big thing that he did wrong, like his own blindness was there as well. Like the, what, what, what they did was he, like he would have been able to handle Ned would have been able to handle everything that happened to him if he had not been like kind of halfway into the game of thrones right yeah he 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 was smart enough to understand that that was probably going to happen to him and all of that if he had been like concerned about it but he did, he was like his reluctance to be a part of the situation made everything for him worse mm -hmm. you know like, so, like the second that <laughs> he, he let that the be in the way Robert of it. was 
mortally wounded, right? Like the second he's called into those chambers, I would have immediately called a small council meeting, right? Been like, <laughs> we need to have all the councilmen here. I would have immediately said, I have brought the small council and then also your bastard son here um, because we need to have a real conversation about this will before it's signed and you're about to die. So we need to have this conversation today, tonight, right now. Um, <laughs> Instead, he was and, all reluctant. And, yeah, he was and, like, oh, I don't want to ruin his final moments. Fuck him, he's going to die. <laughs> reluctant and good to the end, right? So like a really good guy, but that's... Yeah. He also yeah. Uh, basically let Joffrey behead him because he just wanted to be a good guy, right? Not a good reason to let somebody behead you, right? Well, you know, he not didn't with think, both your daughters he, within you know, eyesight. He also mistakenly didn't think that Joffrey had the balls to do it. <laughs> Joffrey has the balls to do a lot of things that Joffrey shouldn't do. So yeah, well, Joffrey is very short-sighted and doesn't. Um, he, he, I think that yeah. no, Joffrey is a sociopath. So it, well, he's like, a child and he's Ned's... very short-sighted as well as a sociopath. <laughs> okay. Well, yes. Right. So he is a child sociopath who also is very bad at like logistical reasoning, uh, right. and he's has really a bad at chess. weird limitless. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. you know, the weirdest part about Joffrey is that he is not a smart boy. Mm -mm. Not, no. not even sort of smart very easy to trick um yeah and that's actually what his granddad likes about him <laughs> i know because his granddad wants to be king without having to be king he's <laughs> right. like i'm happy to have you here it means that if someone's going to behead the king i'm not going to get beheaded <laughs> it's so like he's actually playing chess and yeah. joffrey's over here playing checkers you understand what yes. i'm saying 100 yeah. percent, i do <laughs> because i you know uh his son is now man married to sansa stark and that happened after he already was pretty much guaranteed that rob stark was gonna die like <laughs> he really did that very intentionally right <laughs> he also you note that i'm like right now Tyrion is pissed off because like they're still in the city and Bol Lord Bolton is like the patron of the North until like their son comes of age. And I'm like, yeah, that's 20 years. It's not going to take 20 years. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I can already see, I haven't watched what's going to happen. There's no way you're not going to Winterfell in the next 20 years. Because <laughs> the war is over, but shit's still hitting the fan. Okay. The dust has not settled. Uh, Bailey, I, I, I hate to, you know, the, the settling of the dust, the war, the war, by the way, isn't over. No, <laughs> like, <laughs> we've declared the war over, but I see several players who were, were still thinking the war it, is on. So. It's sort of like, it's sort of like when, um, uh, George Bush had the, uh, the victory thing on the, on the aircraft carrier, you know, mm -hmm. and he said the, 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 they had won, that we had won in Iraq. And then yeah. we were there for like 10 more years. Yeah. And then President Obama was like, if we won 10 years ago, I'm going to start pulling out troops. And everybody in the Republican Party was like, no, don't do that. Yeah. He was we... like, is it because the war's not over? They're like, no. Uh... <laughs> it's because we're protecting freedom. It's because we want to continue to make money off of military contracts with Iraq. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. And that's um, the Game of Thrones. Yes. Okay.
Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, Game of Thrones has been fun for me. Yeah, I, I love that. So let's talk about the Gilmore Girls because we're running low on time. Yes. So there's only two episodes that I've watched. So um, I know. You gotta catch I'm, up, buddy. It's been a month. I know it's bad, but I have just not watched it this month. That's cool. We'll catch up. Um, so episode thirteen is Nag Hammadi is where they found the Gnostic Gospels. <laughs> and I yeah. love the name of the episode with all of my heart and soul. Like, <laughs> say it five times fast, then, if you love it so no. much. <laughs> so at the start of it, like, there's a broken window at the house, and it's freezing in there, <laughs> which I find hilarious that she's she's trying to like tape some saran wrap to the <laughs> to the window, like her and uh, Lane are trying to tape saran wrap to the window, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. And of course, Rory's like, I will not help. Just call someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Lorelai's trying to pretend that her money is not out. So <laughs> right. she's like, why would I do that? Luke's going to just come over here and be like, why did you pay somebody to do that? I would have done it for free. And then Rory's like, okay, then call Luke. <laughs> right. Um. So then like uh, something happens is that we cut away to Jess who's pushing his car. He's got a bunch of people helping push his car down to the shop. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I love it because Luke walks up and refuses to help pushing the car, but also is giving him all sorts of grief. (laughs) He's like lecturing while the rest push. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so I, I love that. Um, uh, so Richard and Emily need to fill their table at a fundraiser and is calling, uh, Lorelai to get her to bring someone and they're, they're freaking out because they've already paid for the table. They just need people to be there. And I was like, this sounds like when we did, we went to the fundraiser <laughs> and we invited Shara, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> we had a table, so we had to go ahead and get people to fill it in. Right. Right. Um, and people canceled at the last minute and needed to be filled in for. And I was like, man, this storyline has been stolen from us. Lorelai um, and uh, Jason are at the same table. And and Rory. And Rory. She, and uh, Jason's Rory. brought a date. Right. Well, she brings Rory. And then the grandparents are like, we told you to bring a date. Why didn't you bring a date? And she's like, I brought Rory. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, but now we don't have enough men at our table. So they put like a a, a, a on one jacket of the chairs on they the put back a of jacket. the chair. Yeah, <laughs> they put a, to pretend that he's off at the bathroom the whole time. Yeah, I love that. Um, <laughs> so, um, at the same time, there's um, something being organized in Styles Hollow as there always is, right? Um, right. And um, it's the um, isn't it the, um, I forget exactly what the event is this time. Um, but, uh, but this time around for some reason, Taylor can't do it. So he's got Kirk doing it mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and Kirk, every time we see him in this episode is basically saying Roger into a walkie talkie. Yeah. <laughs> and then lecturing other people. Like there's a scene where Luke is like, no, I'm not going to speak in the like walkie-talkie code. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> you forgot to say Roger. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. How am I supposed to know that you're done talking unless you say Roger? Roger. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, then I love there's a there's a scene because the window's broken. They, it is, their house is really cold. Lorelai and Rory decide to go visit Babette <laughs> mm-hmm. just because she has heat. Yeah. Oh, it's great for you guys to come over. You haven't been over in so long. And they're like, yeah. You know, it isn't that they wanted to go hang out at Babette's. They just were mm-hmm. cold. <laughs> and she isn't catching on to that. <laughs> so I love that. All, this one's like full of little stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we get to the Nag Hammadi thing because that's the fundraiser, right? Mm-hmm. It's for these rare ma- manuscripts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, what I like is there's at one point he like they're giving the opening introductory speech and there's a joke and everybody laughs and Lorelai's like, could you explain that to me? I did not get it. And he goes, I didn't get it either. I have no fucking clue what he's talking about. And Lorelai's <laughs> like, why did you laugh? And he goes, nobody in this room got that joke. Do you think that <laughs> all of us are experts on like ancient manuscript joke humor no gnostic gospels yeah do you think that we're we're boning up on our gnostic gospel humor no (laughs) but he said it like a joke so we laughed (laughs) she's like and she says something to the she doesn't actually say this but it's something to the i guess i'm just out of practice or something Uh she's like "I, I, i i can't remember the exact wording but it was something along those lines (laughs) <laughs> like basically oh I, I had forgotten that's you know mm-hmm. that that's the the, the I'm out the of practice for the uh faking <laughs> polite for the, yeah. for the fake politeness fundraiser thing yeah mm-hmm. um and so like I think the big uh little storyline that comes through this but it's kind of a big one is a, around Liz um you Coming know to town Luke's, with her Luke's new sister boy. Like, yeah yeah she was she she brought TJ in to meet Luke which mm-hmm. is her boyfriend. And um uh and and then Lorelai runs into Liz because Liz is driving Luke's truck and mm-hmm. she needs her window fixed. So she stops the truck and it happens to be Liz in it. It's not Luke. Um mm-hmm. and so then Liz talks about how Luke is her hero and always takes care of her. And I thought that was a really mm-hmm. nice moment because he doesn't think anybody appreciates him. Right? Like yeah. <laughs> like Luke thinks no one appreciates him, that he does stuff and they don't appreciate him. Because mm-hmm. She, he, she, he meets TJ and Jess is there and, mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, the one thing I remember about that, that, that cracked me up was TJ said that stars holler reminded him of New York and Josh says, <laughs> Jess says, what, how? <laughs> like Jess isn't saying anything at all until he says that nonsense. <laughs> right? <laughs> and Jess is like, Elaborate, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> just is completely not talking to this guy because he thinks he's just another one of Liz's goons, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then he says that and, <laughs> and Jess is like so well, like I can't stay quiet when that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of stupid is that? Yeah. <laughs> In uh, fairness, that is it is only the earliest warning sign of who TJ is, right? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, so uh, Luke takes Jess aside and says he needs help with Liz. And Jess gets pissy and says, 
I'm not going to try to help. It only makes it worse. And that's what you do. You try to help people that don't even want your help, you know? And, um, and, and it's really about their shit, right? Mm-hmm. That they have going on, <laughs> you know? And mm-hmm. Luke doesn't quite get that he just hasn't really come to terms with the fact that Luke really did help him. Right. Yeah. Instead, he just starts thinking like, um, you know, I don't do, I, I, I just, I, I'm just the person who tries to help people and they don't even want it. Right. I think he even like Lorelai comes in right after this and he goes, do I help people who don't even want my help? Like, yeah. And she's like, no. And then she tells him how much Liz like finds him a hero. Right. Yeah. And how much she looks up to him and, and she's, and he's like, she never said any of that to me. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing. Like he doesn't feel appreciated because the people, people in his family to him and saying, Hey, I appreciate you. Thank you so yeah, much. The people that. in his family are kind of jerks about it. Right. <laughs> well, they're bad at thanking for sure. They're yeah. Bad at thanking. Um, and then, um, of course, Jess is trying to be good and trying to get the hell out of town, right? Like he really is. Yeah. He's and, he's even trying to not see Rory, right? And then yeah, Rory he's running just walks away from her, which is pissing her right off. Right after him, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And then uh, Lorelai confronts him, and there was really no need. The whole confrontation was like, it's like he's like. Dude, I'm trying to fucking leave. Like, I don't want to be here. I can't wait to get my car. The car needs fixed. Once the car is fixed, I will be in the car and I will leave town. I'm not trying to stay around. Right. Um, Please. (laughs) I love also that TJ's real name is Gary, but I, Mm -hmm. I, I had, I didn't know this. Like that, that must've washed over me the first couple of times I watched the series because mm-hmm. they never use Gary at all. He no, goes by TJ. That's the only time they mention it. And then yeah. it's TJ from them right. then on. And, uh, <laughs> and Liz makes these earrings that he can, that she's selling at the craft fairs, right? Mm-hmm. Or the Renaissance, Renaissance fairs. fairs. Yeah. yeah. LARPing. Right. Well, um, yeah, they, they work Renaissance fairs right. in the summers. So um, he uh, he says he, Liz gives him a pair and says you can give it to your wife or to Lorelai whichever, you know. <laughs> She's like I'm not here to pry, but I will let you know that if you like Lorelai more than your wife, that's fine. That's <laughs> basically what she's saying, right? Yeah. And um, and then uh, Luke uh, finally like comes around on TJ and has a moment with him, and I love this thing because he says it made me laugh so hard. He says, mm-hmm. you know, I think you're a pretty good guy. Probably the best guy that Liz has had or something like that. And he says, I think you're a dick. And he walks away. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you, you've been treating him like shit the whole time. Yeah. Okay. So well, <laughs> his, his, only, his only response to you in the real moment, because he kind of blathers on about stuff that's just blathering. Right. Yeah. But if you the the real serious TJ is actually a real guy under there somewhere, mm-hmm. and he totally got that you were treating him like shit. He was just blowing it off the whole time because he likes Liz so much. But if you want to yeah. be real with me, I'll tell you. I just think you're a dick. <laughs> right. And I might like you later, but right now I think you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I love that. Um. Luke then chooses Lorelai for the earrings mm. shortly thereafter, yes. right? Doesn't it doesn't make a big to do about it, just gives Lorelai the earrings and says, My so, sister made these for you. Yeah. yeah. Um 
And then um, Jess pays for his car, and yes. he finds an envelope of cash underneath the visor that basically paid for his car. So, yeah. like, it was Luke going, I know you can't afford this, and I will And also, you. it's kind of my fault, because I'm the I've, one who I'm put the one it in fuck, a garage and I'm then the didn't take care of the car. it. Right, yeah. yeah. And then uh, he runs into Rory, and she runs away from him. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. I get to run away this time, right? Mm-hmm. And... And she, like, he says he wants to talk to her. And she says, you want to talk? Talk. And he says, I love you. And gets in the car and leaves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like. And she's like, oh, well, that was shitty. Thank you. And it isn't. It's why he's leaving. Because yeah. he knows he's not good for her. And he is admitting it. And he is leaving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, that that touches me because he, like. He knows how much he he cares about her enough to not fuck her up, right? Well, mm-hmm. And you know who, mm-hmm, where this is going? Oh, I know. There is a there is an alternate version of that that's going to go somewhere else. <laughs> anyway, the incredible sinking Lorelai's episode fourteen. Yes. So, like, I I I I love the fact that they're uh the the these horses at the end become an issue <laughs> like mm-hmm. they've decided to get horses for the end so they can have horse rides yes um and the horses are arriving at the start of the episode right lorelei's <laughs> talking about i know that you have a thing about horses and you don't like riding them because you fell off of one when you were a child but rory if you want the first ride you can have it <laughs> uh, and as they're talking about these the the phone starts ringing because they mm-hmm. finally got the phone hooked up, even though there's a yep. construction zone. And he said, I thought you'd want the phone hooked up so you could start taking reservations. And, and Lorelai's lo like, oh, thank you so much, because we need money, and I would love to start <laughs> taking reservations. So she got the first reservation, and she wrote it on a gum wrapper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, of course, Michelle is standing there, and he's like, it's on the gum wrapper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my best Michelle. Was it good? Mm-hmm. It was Michelle. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so. Uh, um, but, um, yeah, so that's kind of cool, right? And the, in this episode, Lorelai and Rory are missing each other on voicemail. like. Yeah, like they just all, keep the leaving time. voicemails with one another. Um, right. and, and so, basically, it's like a lot is happening on both ends, and they just keep not having conversations with each other. And as a result, I think both of them have a bad choices happen because they don't like have anywhere else to go like it is a cataclysmic things happen because they haven't been able to like talk to each other all week right and it's kind of showing how much they lean on each other yeah because when they can't talk crazy shit happens because they can't get their head around things yeah so on Lorelai's end it's like she has to deal with the oven getting installed and she also has to be out of town for a oh yeah because like suki Suki is so busy like with the kid and stuff that she doesn't get there for the oven to be installed yeah so basically this is a very particular like series of events that leads up to this so lorelei's grandma is in town and they're supposed to meet her for lunch or dinner on a certain night i think it's maybe friday night dinner and rory's not there for whatever reason but grandma is going to be there so Lorelai's supposed was, to get her it, hair done. It was lunch. 
It was lunch. Lunch. They were getting yeah. lunch. So yeah. Lorelai's supposed to get her hair done because if she doesn't, Gran will say something and then it'll be not Lorelai's fault, but her mother's fault for not making sure Lorelai looks presentable for society, even though Lorelai's a fully grown adult. So <laughs> right. Lorelai's like, okay, I will squeeze in an appointment with my hairdresser. It's the first time I will will have been able to get like an appointment for months because of how busy I've been with the end. Sookie is supposed to be taking care of the oven delivery. And the specific reason they're getting the oven delivered is because it's a very particular expensive oven that's coming in from out of state. And Sookie needs to make sure it all looks good before it gets installed. She wants to sign off on it before they but install it. But it's the right the one, the right stove and oven is, and everything. Yeah. Yes. So Michelle just so happens to have a lucky day and it's like some celebrity is in town for his day job. Right. And he's just absolutely blown away by the fact that he's like in the presence of Cher or whoever the fuck it was. <laughs> and so when the oven is getting delivered, Lorelai is in the shampoo stage of her hair appointment and she gets a phone call. They're saying they're there with the oven. They're saying that nobody's there for the signing of this oven. And Lorelai calls Sookie. Sookie doesn't answer. She calls again and again and again. Sookie doesn't answer. She rushes from the hair appointment to try and get the oven signed off. And she doesn't make it in time. So the oven is shipped back to Michigan. Or wherever. Or yeah. wherever. <laughs> and they're going to have to repay for shipping and reschedule its delivery. Right. So Lorelai so goes pissed. to Lorelai's <laughs> pissed. Lorelai still has the shampoo in her hair when she shows up at Sookie's door and she starts chewing Sookie out for being a mother, right? Like and Well, you know, the thing is she she's rightfully doing it because it doesn't matter yeah. if you're a mother or not. You need to actually do your part of the job. Right? Yeah. Exactly, and, and and you know, um, if it wasn't her friend, right? Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be allowed to happen, right? If it was a different job and Suki didn't show up because she slept with over or whatever because of her kid, the other job would still ha have to fire her because or have a repercussion at the very least, <laughs> right? Because it's 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 a real repercussion, right? Yeah. Like, um, you still have to go and do your your job. You can't just flake, right? Yeah. <laughs> so know. because the oven has an additional delivery cost and they're already by the wire and they need to make it to opening like within a certain timeline, Lorelai is like freaking out and she's like, I have to ask Luke for a loan. Like I am setting a dinner Friday night after lunch, we will go and we will have dinner and I will ask Luke for this money that I need for the inn. And that doesn't work out quite as she planned because she shows up to the lunch with Gran and her hair is absolutely destroyed because not only did she not get it cut, she also sat with it getting like condition hydrated for hours so it's basically crimped like it looks crazy like, <laughs> like she tried to fix it 
It yeah. didn't work. It did not work. And <laughs> now it's going to work except starting she, over. <laughs> she looks like a Spice right. Girl. Like it's insane. Yeah. And because she showed up with that like crazy hairstyle, Grand starts lecturing um, Richard and Emily and they all get into an argument. And in the middle of this argument, Grand is like, your child is destitute, can't even afford a haircut and you're doing nothing. And you're not doing anything and you're going to let her fail at her business. She's obviously having money troubles, right? Yeah. And and Richard is like, and then she brings up when she had to loan Richard money one time when he was like twenty two years old, right? Yeah. And and he was just like pissed, furious that, that like she brought yells it up. At his mom. Yeah. yeah. And, and he never yells at her. He never tells her she's wrong in any way. So Emily loves it. Right. Emily starts twisting the knife. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and he paid you back within two weeks, right? Yeah. Like yeah, like the whole you know. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> and and all of that, right? And then mm-hmm. you see why Lorelai doesn't want to borrow money from them, yeah. right? Because well, and it, you it's know, this it whole really thing forever. Because, like, yeah. she's watching it happen, and she's like, this is exactly why I never borrow money from you guys. And also, Gran is correct. I am financially <laughs> bad off. Like, like I'm so bad off, and I'm still not asking you because you're a bunch of shits. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. And so she leaves this lunch. She goes home. She tries to get ready for the dinner. And then she basically just can't fucking handle it. And she starts bawling, crying. And she goes to Luke. And she ends up crying on Luke's shoulder about and then, it. And then saying, I was going to ask you for money, but I'm not going to because I have to do this right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. And Luke's like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> so... <Yeah. laughs> um. Rory has a parallel day and I'm fuzzy on what happens exactly. Well, the the thing is that Lane is living with her at Yale, right? And she can't. Yes. And yes. um because because she, she doesn't fucking go to Yale, right? And so like Paris gets upset with her because um Paris first off is upset that the her the other roommate's boyfriend is there all the time and she doesn't like the guy. Yeah. Right? And and then uh Paris you know, it's cool with Lane, but Lane's just kind of hanging out and cleaning the place all the time. So while she's there, she's actually kind of helpful to them. But the way she sets Paris off is that she mentions something about Asher and no one's supposed to know that except Rory. And so she gets angry. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and then, and she's like, I need her to leave. Basically like, I, Mm -hmm. I know that it's great that you have your old high school buddy here and it makes you feel all warm and fuzzy, but she doesn't go to Yale and she needs to get out. And mm-hmm. so they, she talks to the other roommates when Paris is gone and they're like, well, it is kind of weird. She doesn't go here. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, like all of them are right in that yes. regard. Right. Yeah. Like Lane shouldn't Lane, be an issue because as... Lane shouldn't be there. Yeah. yeah. Even Lane's like, yeah, I know. I'm, I, I got to go out. home. I, yeah. I should be, I'm going to go. <laughs> but, but she can't go home. So she goes to Lorelai. Yeah. Which and, it, it, honestly, I understand the like logic of like i'm gonna go to my best friend's house and crash but i feel like even after the first night i'd be like well i can't stay stay here because this is a dorm and we don't like just because you have a floor mattress doesn't mean i should stay here um and i can stay a night but staying here is not an option and then (laughs) the second thing to come out of that conversation would be well my mom treats you like family so go stay with my mom. Like, I'm sure she'll be fine with it. 
Yeah, and they kept missing each other on the phone, so Rory didn't get to tell her that the Lane was staying with her. <laughs> yeah, which is exactly this is exactly what I'm saying. Where it's like passing ships. Like, if they caught each other on the phone, Lorelai would just be like, "Just tell Lane to come to my house. She doesn't have to be there. Like, <laughs> tell her to come to my house." So yeah, so Lane gets kicked out of the dorm, and all of the roommates basically ganged on Rory to get there. And then Rory has a conversation. I think it's like about school, isn't it? It's about professors. Oh, she's like got something wrong with her workload. Like a professor calls her into the office well, and is yeah, like, "Yeah, because she's got so many classes that one of them. It, it's like the guy just doesn't like Rory. It really isn't about her being overloaded. No, <laughs> no. He's right. like he clearly doesn't like Rory. He didn't like Rory when Rory came into her office. His right. office. Yeah, and 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 so he's looking for a reason to get rid of her. He looks at her class schedule and blames it on that, and mm -hmm. and he mansplains her into dropping a course because yeah. he's just a dick. Not he's yeah. a dick professor, and she doesn't have the ability to recognize it because she thinks the best of people. Yeah. Right, <laughs> which is something that Lorelai would have said to her, right? right. Like but the it's thing like... is, the thing is, if a professor doesn't like you, you need to immediately drop their class. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. All that other stuff is secondary to the fact that he doesn't like you. No matter what you do in here, he's going to give you an F. So yeah. drop his class, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, there there is no other alternative. It isn't because of your overload or any of that. You need to just put that away and chalk mm -hmm. it up to, hey, I dodged a bullet because I got out before the withdrawal period with this mm -hmm. guy. <laughs> well, and honestly, I, so she goes home and she's really torn up about this because she doesn't take criticism well, especially from assholes. Yeah. And she thinks that she's a failure and an idiot and that she can't do Yale. And she goes to the inn because she's like, I keep missing my mom on the phone. I need to talk to her and who right. the fuck is there? Well, Dean's there because he works there in the, on the construction crew, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and Dean's trying to be a friend and he's like, okay, well, this girl I've known my entire life and then I'm secretly still in love with is <laughs> fucking crying, like bawling. I'm going to take a second, take her to somewhere where people aren't watching her and calm her down before sending her to her mom. And <laughs> right. She starts starts literally sobbing on his chest. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. This is so inappropriate. Blah, 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 blah. And it is. Well, I mean, it's sort of inappropriate, but it's not. I mean, you know, he just, he, he actually is the one who's married. She isn't. And yeah. he needs to act that way while still being a good friend and helping her. Right. I, <laughs> see, I agree. I think yeah. that the onus is entirely on Dean to be like, yeah, you're right. I just want to console you and then walk away from this because I am married and I need to be married. Yeah. If I didn't want to get married, I shouldn't have gotten married. Shouldn't have gotten married. Right. And, and, and so like from his perspective, uh, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with him with her crying on his chest even like, I mean, no. they are friends and they can They're be friends. Well, yeah. Um, they cannot be because Dean wants to be with her because so. he can't be friends. Right. But, yeah. he, but you know, um, but that's the, you know, that's the thing. And I, I actually, he does a decent job of consoling her. Honestly. Yeah. I would say he did a good job, but yeah. I would say, but it, it know, is a I moot mean, point because he both... uses that as an opening for him to be right. bad to his wife. So, so yeah. So they both kind of end up, and that's why it's the shrinking Lorelai, sinking Lorelai's. They both end up in kind of a puddle. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, so just absolutely hey, crying. Time is at an at an essence at this point. Okay. Um, so I have enjoyed our chat today. I hope everybody has gone back and listened to every episode of Family Rabble, and uh, they'll pass it on to their friends. Okay. If you get to and this point in the episode, all... we know you're a true believer. So <laughs> pass it on to your friends. Okay. okay. If you've made and it with will... us this long. And we will see you all next time. <laughs> and maybe there'll be 10 of you instead of five. Yeah. Love you, Bailey. Love you too. Thank you for being a part of the Family Rabble podcast with Joe Shelton and Bailey Shelton. Join us next time for more fun episodes.